Well, hello again, my soft-hearted listeners, and thank you so much for joining me on another episode of A Soft Mess. It's been quite some time since I've posted, and honestly, listening back to my own voice feels a little bit strange right now. But I'm back. We're back. On the internet, streaming on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, and all those other podcast apps that are out there. Some of you may have noticed that I took an unexpected hiatus, not just from the podcast, but if you follow me on social media, you'll notice that I took a hiatus from the internet. Uh, But I'm back, not fully. Um, I'm back at least here on a soft mess and on Instagram, but I'm back. And today's episode is just all about reconnecting with y'all Uh, talking about some of the things I've learned during my time away from the internet, Um, as well as talking about how I'm trying to figure out which parts of it to let back in. It's about what's up next in my life, on the podcast, with my creative pursuits. It's about sharing stories, softness, and just all around getting excited for the journey ahead. So, Let's get to it. I'd say I'm probably as ready as I'll ever be. I guess uh, to start, let me tell you a little bit about what I've been up to these past few months. So I haven't been posting, um, not because I don't have episodes to release, but because I just haven't had the spoons, the focus, the time really to sit down and edit the audio and feel comfortable releasing it. Um, I started intensive trauma therapy, which has reduced my anxiety a whole lot, but it's come with its own set of um, consequences. And they're not bad consequences. They're just changes in my life that cause other changes and those cause other changes. And it's just kind of like this chaotic ball of change that I'm not ready to tackle. Um, One of those changes is actually uh, my psychiatrist and I are are changing up my my medication routine um, based on the possibility of my diagnosis changing. This isn't the first time that I'm switching up my meds with the help of my psych, but it's, it's the first time that we're looking at removing diagnosis Um, rather than, like, adding to the list or, like, tacking on another one. It's still too early to tell, and I'm trying to just kind of go with the flow and take it all as it comes. Um, So I don't want to to jinx myself or go into too much detail before, uh, before I know, but if all of that turns out to be relevant um, for a podcast episode, I'll definitely share it with y'all. But know that if you are going through med changes and changing diagnoses with your uh, psych, you're not alone. Um, In terms of my work life uh, slash career or whatever, um, I switched apartments at my job. I went back to being full time with, I would say too much overtime. And I kind of completely did an overhaul on my entire career path without having to leave 
the company that I've been working for for all these years. So I'd say that's a pretty interesting interesting move. I, I really didn't think that that would be how I switched career paths. I, I genuinely thought I'd probably leave the company and do something more creative, but I've switched to something more hands-on, uh, something that teaches me uh, new things every day, and I like it. It it definitely didn't uh, didn't come easy, and the speed at which I've had to adapt to this new position is really surprising. And even though I've I've been in the department for over six months now, um, I. I haven't been in this exact position for more than two. So even so, I'm I'm still really intimidated at the, the, the pace at which I have to learn all of this new stuff that I have no experience in whatsoever. And I think that that really is only the case because of because of the circumstances um, at my store right now. But uh, even so, it's just, it's anxiety-inducing, and I'm glad that therapy has helped me reduce my anxiety because here we go, something something coming back into my life that's given me anxiety. Uh, gotta balance those scales, I guess. Um, but even though it's been hard and intimidating and just stressful all around, I'm back to feeling appreciated at work. And I also feel like I have so many opportunities and people to learn from. It's not just, you know, here's an opportunity to grow or advanced in the, advance in the company. It's, it's genuinely like learning day-to-day -day things or like technical things or just DIY tricks from my coworkers. And sometimes they're relevant to what we do at work, but sometimes they're not. And it's really great to be able to connect um, with my coworkers as a human, because I can feel, I can definitely feel that these people like me for the most part, um, not just as a coworker, not just because I work hard, but because they like me as a human. And I can genuinely say the same, which is really surprising. A lot of the times I've been in situations at work where I just tolerate the people that work most closely with me. Um, but now I don't, I don't feel that way, which is really cool. Yeah, there are a lot of awful and stressful things I could say about this job transition. Um, I am terrified to go to work most days because I'm feeling so much pressure to learn this role as quickly and as like fluently as I did my roles in other departments. And I don't think I'd feel as stressed out or as pressured if, you know, these people haven't, hadn't seen me succeed so quickly in my other roles, because it's, it's just not going to be the case in this role, um, especially not under the circumstances that we're working under right now. Like it's, it's, it's going to be slightly slower and probably a lot more trial and error than they're used to their being with me, but I'm okay with it. I know it puts, I know it puts some bit of guilt and shame inside of me, 
because it puts extra extra strain on my coworkers to kind of pick up my slack. But I feel I feel okay about it as long as I get the support I need from my supervisors and I don't know. I think I think it'll be okay. So three cheers for constantly moving forward and towards figuring it all out, whatever that means. Uh, probably means nothing because we're humans and we make up these phrases that are supposed to make us feel better, but in the end, they don't really mean anything. Another thing that happened these past few months uh, is I finally admitted to myself and uh, to some of the people close to me that my disordered thinking about my body and myself and, and food was something that I needed to and actually wanted to address. Um, as an avid procrastinator, eating meals and drinking water and all around just taking care of myself is one of those areas in which I just find myself procrastinating. I don't know why, and I know it's not exactly the greatest area to procrastinate in, but here we are. Uh, I think it started off like any of my bad habits, really, slowly, and due to pain. Amounts of pain that I did not want to feel. Um, you know, whether that pain is visible to others or, you know, just perceived by me, it's both real, whether it's tangible or perceived. Even if those two types are not the same, they're both real. So, so yeah, after a year of battling stomach ulcers, I found that even once after the pain of, you know, eating was gone, I still put off my meals just as much as I did when the pain was there. You know, by then, at that point, it was just second nature to deny my body. And it didn't matter how much I tried to convince myself that I, you know, that I wanted to eat or that uh, I should drink. It just, it just all kind of stayed static and, you know, nothing, no command would actually click. So, I don't know, it was probably around the new year, a little bit before the new year, just sometimes, you know, sometime around the holidays. I got to a point where I just cracked, uh, you know, between the fatigue, the mood swings and the more than occasional memory loss, I, I wanted to change. Not just how often I ate or drank water, but how and why I drank water and ate food. So cut to today, where I eat pr pretty regularly for the most part. Um, not because I force myself or feel guilty enough about not eating. That's that's not how it happened. Um, although I did make a lot of changes in my life for those exact reasons. I, I think for the first time I did this whole like taking care of myself thing for myself, for like actual love of self. And it's weird, but once I cracked, I thought about the things that I wanted to eat, how often, and whether or not I would be eating alone or with people, or, you know, what what felt good to me about eating. And I realized 
I like eating with people. Um, I like, I like cooking for people, but a lot of the times I, I just, after cooking, I won't want to eat. And so it became a double-edged sword. I'd, I'd cook, you know, a bunch of food. Everyone would enjoy it around me, but I'd have just a couple of bites and, and I'd be done. So I figured out that I need to meal prep for one, which has been, you know, kind of happening more often than, than not. And I figured out that I need to be feeding my pet some of the foods that I know that I won't eat myself if there's not really an excuse. I won't even buy it sometimes. I won't buy vegetables and fruits because a lot of the times I'll buy them and they'll just go to waste because I won't eat them in time. But if I have something or someone that is going to be eating things that I also want to eat, I'm more likely to kind of step up my game and make sure that stuff doesn't expire and, you know, and keep up with my food intake. So I got myself a little baby bearded dragon to take care of. I I didn't realize how much it would change my entire life, um, but it did. And it's amazing. I wake up early to feed them and make sure that their temperatures are, uh, you know, looking good as a gradient inside the tank. I want to make sure that they have, you know, enough space to roam, but also enough places to hide and feel warm or cool, depending on how they want to feel. I have a little pet to stare at and watch them sleep and wink at me and uh, run around. I have something to crawl on me and, and lay in the crook of my neck. It's it's nice. So when so when I chop up carrots and peppers and cabbage and leafy greens for Marshy, my little baby bearded dragon, I also chop them chop them up for myself. I haven't really been able to find a better way to convince myself to take better care of myself other than a pet. When I first moved out to Colorado, getting my my cat crow was honestly my my life-saving grace. Not having Crow to take care of, I I don't think I would have even remotely taken care of myself. And if I hadn't, then I don't know where I'd, where I'd be right now. So I kind of thought back on what worked in the past and I, I got, I got Marshy. Um, he's great because he's not fluffy and he has a different temperament, and so I have to, I have to learn him. So it's exciting. It's a new adventure, and it's also helping me take care of myself. So I'll take it. Um, I definitely wouldn't, you know, advise getting a pet if you can't afford it. So that's not. I'm not saying be irresponsible and get yourself animals to convince yourself to take care of yourself because that's 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 not how it works. But if you could afford it and you think it's going to help you to take care of yourself, then pets are great companions and really amazing to have around the house. Because as much as you're taking care of them, 
they find ways to take care of you, which is really special and beautiful. Some other things that happened, I guess, these past few months, uh, not so great, but I got into a car accident um, just like right after overcoming some of my driving anxiety too. So it was weird, you know, getting into a car accident, uh, getting super freaked out, kind of like feeling like it's like 10 steps back after taking two steps forward. Um, and it was a bummer too, because I was really excited about my new old car that I got. And now I have to try to find a way to get excited about fixing the car up. And that's not my forte, to be honest. Uh, I like hands-on stuff, but definitely, uh, definitely not familiar with anything having to do with cars. So that's going to be a whole other ballpark. I guess I should try to be more excited about learning about it, but right now it's cold as heck in the winter and I don't want to spend time outside working on my car. So I've been avoiding that bit, but it happened, it's there, and I have to deal with it. Um, I also fell grossly in and out and then back in and out and, and in and out of love with my life a lot of times. I managed to fall in and out of love with myself and my life probably four times a day, um, especially when I was working like heavy overtime at work. My entire being felt like I was my job. And yeah, it was it was a tough, a tough point in my life because I was so used to having free time and having time to put thoughts in my head and actually enjoy the space between my ears. But instead, I was like, really 100% of the time, focusing on what my clients needed, what my coworkers needed, and just how to succeed at my job. Now that I'm working a lot less, I've fallen back in love with my life for the most part. So that's really good. But it was kind of a weird, a weird process. Uh, you know, wavering back and forth because I don't know. I, you might have you may have noticed uh, from just listening to me and getting to know me on this podcast, but I'm uh, I'm really into that black and white kind of thinking. So it feels like a pendulum for me, and when it dips down in the middle, it's hard for me to like recognize that moment. And it's a pendulum, so it's not going to stop for me to recognize it. I don't know, I feel like that's been a big a big thing I'm trying to overcome is even if it does feel like this terrifying roller coaster swinging back and forth or falling from heights or whatever, uh, it's 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 not the end and it's not always going to be this way and I don't have to I don't have to think of it as falling out of love with my life. I can think about it as not enjoying that moment. And yeah, I've just been trying to change the way I think about things because thought work has been a huge lifesaver for me. And thought work, I think, is one of the main things that keeps my anxiety at bay. Um... Yeah, so what else, what else, what else? Uh, oh, I started to basically simplify and organize my life. All the nitty-gritty bits. Yeah, all the stuff I've been avoiding. Moving into an RV a few years ago, 
really was that stepping stone to like accepting that I wasn't functioning happily in like my own chaos. Um, and that it may have been organized chaos, but it was definitely not something that stayed organized. So when we moved into the new RV uh, in March, I, I promised to cut down on my clutter and I really wanted to truly simplify. But for some reason, for eight months, I avoided it. I got rid of, you know, the obvious stuff that I didn't need, but for some reason, I just couldn't get rid of enough. I don't know if it was because I just kept accumulating more things or if my chaos was just so bad that I didn't realize how much clutter I had and how much it had eaten me up until it was too late. But I guess it all just kind of finally added up into another moment where I had cracked. So I just kind of decided, you know, on my birthday, I was going to get my shit together. So on my birthday, I basically put on some music, ate food, enjoyed the time I could with my cats, my partner. I had a couple of friends um, come in and out and I organized and I threw shit out and I planned out how my office was going to look. And I just started thinking about what I actually wanted instead of just like what was expected of me or what other people would think was cool or interesting or I don't even know, just just focusing on what I actually wanted. What I realized that I actually wanted was peace, quiet, and simplicity. And in order to get there, um, I had to get through the days, not just in survival mode, but in in present mode. I needed to be present. And that's hard to do while processing new and old trauma, which is what I was and am doing. I realized if I was going to be doing intensive trauma work and, I don't know, live live on this planet, I needed to cut out as many sources of pain, of fear, and anxiety as I could. And since work changes had my anxiety spiking, I knew this was probably the most important time to really truly think about myself and my internet presence and my day-to-day routine and I don't know I just I just figured it was time so I deleted a bunch of apps from my phone um a lot of games a lot of social media a lot of like video and voice editing apps and photo editing apps um I found myself dissolving into them and getting just like completely captivated for hours by these apps and not really having anything to show for afterwards. But not having them on my phone really cleared some of the mental clutter that I needed to clear. It made some of that physical anxiety less prevalent and it added so much time and brain power for recovery, for change, and for diving back into some of my hobbies, which I had wanted to do for years and just didn't let myself. Uh, So these past few months, I've written three poems, uh, one and a half songs. I've overcome two of my childhood fears. And I realized 
I was focusing so much on how others were living that I forgot to keep growing the favorite parts of myself. I, I started to not have any favorite parts of myself, and that's, that's not okay. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to have that life. So yeah, that's, I would say that's quite a bit of progress while trying to ride out all the other life lessons that have been coming my way. But wait, <laughs> there's more. I also realized that I kind of wanted to come back to social media. I wanted to come back to the internet and out of this digital hiatus. Just not like I had in the past. I didn't want to come back and get sucked into the same habits of scrolling through Facebook and Instagram on my lunch break or hiding out in the parking lot, reading angry Twitter rants and getting into comment wars. I, I definitely I definitely want to get past that. So so what's to come? I'll go back to releasing this podcast. I'll delete Facebook for good and keep Instagram as my little social media seedling. So follow us on Instagram. It's uh, a soft mess. Just a soft mess. <laughs> I, I hope to be posting more updates. I hope to be kind of given a little bit more um, self-care tips and tricks, being a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more present on Instagram, but not too present. Uh, so don't worry, I'm not going to be posting several times a day. I might only post once or twice a week. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to try to be a little bit more present on Instagram. Uh, I'll, I'll probably use some messaging apps uh, like Voxer for uh, voice messages that I can leave for people and they can get back to me as they wish uh, and vice versa. I might also still use WhatsApp. Um, I kind of like re-downloaded that. It was the main way that my family talks to each other since they live overseas. So I re-downloaded it thinking that I might try to reconnect with my family uh, since I'm getting off of Facebook, but I haven't really decided. So that's kind of just been sitting there and I've been using it with my with a couple of my friends. Yeah, so Voxer, WhatsApp, um, Instagram, this podcast, and you know, I'll do the, the usual email and, and carrier pigeon like I always do. I love care packages and letters and I am not going to stop sending those, and I don't want to stop receiving them, even though I don't get them too often. Yeah, that's that's how I'll start to remerge into this digital world that I've walked away from for a bit. Oh, and you know, I might read a Twitter rant here or there, but it won't be from the president, and I will not get caught up in the comments. I think that's going to be my mantra is... I will not get caught up in the comments. I will not get caught up in the comments. I will not get caught up in the comments. Yeah, so there's your update. It's longer than I thought it would be and not too short where I feel I feel pretty accomplished. I feel like I've I've given y'all some some good info about what's to come. Uh, I've got some interviews I've been sitting on that I'm so excited to finish editing and release. Some of the topics are consent, sex work, 
terminal illness. I've got some exciting ideas about uh, possible Patreon um, stuff. Yeah, I, I don't want to go too much further in detail about that, but just some goodies that I want to create for a soft mess listeners. I I love my softies so much, and if I'm not going to be releasing episodes as often as I'd like, I would at least want to have other things that I can give y'all. And I've always wanted to finally use the Patreon that I signed up for a year and a half ago. So yeah, two birds, one stone. I'll connect some more with y'all and I will use that Patreon account that I so, so forgot I had. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I would go on further, but I have nothing else to say. So be good, do good, and stay soft. And remember, Honey Bear will always, always be here for you.